Now, men and women, tribes, nations, militaries have fought for freedom from the beginning of time, right? We have this desire, this yearning to be free. And in the United States, right, freedom is right up there at the top. And actually, last week, we just came back. My son, Stephen, just joined the United States Air Force. Uh, and so his basic training, he graduated from there. And I was so proud to watch him march down that parade route like I marched down about 30-some years ago, the same one, to watch him um, make that pledge to defend our freedom, to defend freedom for those who can't defend it for themselves. Uh, it was an encouraging time. But really, what we're fighting for is the freedom to search for freedom, right? We're not really getting freedom. We may on some surface level, and that's, that's really what we've done as humans, not just Americans, but as mankind, we've sought to find freedom and we've looked in all the wrong places, right, for freedom. And we, we find little forms of it, little shadows of it, echoes of it, but not real, true, lasting, eternal freedom. And the, the thing is, our fallen nature is in bondage. And that's where this desire to be free, to know freedom, we don't even, we can't even grasp what it is, but we know that we are not free. And along with the evil forces of the world and those who would try to, to take freedom from others or to oppress others, we ourselves, every single one of us, are guilty of imprisoning ourselves as well. It begins with spirit, spirituality, right? Spiritually, we are in bondage. We are slaves, according to this passage. And I know we don't like to use that word, in today's society because it's so offensive, right? Because we know it's this bondage, it's this someone else oppressing. Well, that's what Paul says in the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at this morning. So happy Sunday. Have a great week. No. No, there's good news. You know, the, the title of our message series is The True Gospel, right? We're looking at the true gospel, and the word gospel means good news. What is the good news? The good news is there's a liberator. There's a, the good news is there's, there's someone who has given us freedom, who's paid for it and delivered it. And this morning, we're going to look at that. We continue through the book of Galatians um, in chapter 5 today, and we'll start in verse 1 and read through verse 12. And Paul writes this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace, for through the, for, uh, from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. 
For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. For you who were called to freedom, brothers, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for preserving it um, for us to hear this morning. Holy Spirit, apply it to our hearts and lives. Change our minds. Free us where we are in bondage. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I think it's important to, to understand. He's not saying that if you've been circumcised or if you've done any of these things that you're eliminated from the grace of God and you cannot be saved. You can never... No, he's saying if you're trying to be right with God by doing Something like that? If you're trying to be religious enough that God will love you, you're missing it. And that's not how it works. The title of today's message is Freedom First. Because the gospel is freedom at its core. Paul, again, is addressing those who've come into the church and they're trying to, to bring up other things. They're trying to put each other in bondage by saying, no, you got to obey this. You have to still do that. You have to obey the law of Moses. You have to perform these ceremonies to be loved by God. I had a, good, I had a talk with a good friend two days ago. We're walking through the park. He's Jewish, and I was telling him, that I think a lot of the Jewish holidays, the Jewish calendar is beautiful. Some of those things, I've been to seders and... Um, and I and different uh, ceremonies, and I think it's beautiful as we celebrate God, what He's done, His promises, but in light of the fulfillment of those promises in Jesus. It's not those things that make me right with God. And so there are those who've come into the church, they're trying to, to saddle them with some more rules and regulations, and there's others who have accepted this heresy, and they've rejected the message of Jesus Alone, which is the message of God's love and grace on our behalf to be received by faith and faith alone. So the focal point of this passage is freedom. And Paul uses this language throughout freedom and slavery and bondage. And so I want us to look this morning at this freedom, this true lasting freedom that is available to all of us because we all desire it. We all want to be free. We want to live free. And so to live in this freedom means, first of all, to have faith in this freedom, to put our faith in this, this freedom, not the freedom we can earn and try and build and fight for ourselves, but in this freedom that God has purchased for us. In verse 1, he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He uses this word for freedom through Galatians 10 times. He's trying to make a point here. And in chapter 4, he used it five times in that chapter alone. Freedom is what God has created us for. But, but to understand freedom, 
We've got to understand our condition. We've got to understand that we are in bondage. And it starts spiritually, yes. And spiritually, we are dead, right, on our own, without Christ. That's what Scripture tells us. But that bondage, that death, that spiritual condition that we have demonstrates itself in our lives, in the way that we live, in the things that we pursue to find satisfaction, to find freedom, right? In, in chapter 4 of Galatians, Paul put it like this. We talked about this last week. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. But now that you've come to know God, or rather be known by God, how can you turn your back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? We talked about this last this uh, this past week in small group. These elementary principles of the world, that's our own human logic, right? We, we move back to, you know what, I'm going to pursue the things that I find important, right? And we all know what that is. That's accepted. These are the elementary logical things that our culture, that our world would say. Be good. Feel good, right? Be strong. Get better. Paul says this is weak and worthless. This is a enslaved way of thinking of how I can just work harder and be better. It causes us to spend our lives pursuing the next best thing. Yeah, I'm not happy in this job. I'll get another job. I'm not happy uh, with this relationship. I'll get another relationship. Not that those things can't be true, but th if that's what we're searching for, for peace in life, if that's what we're putting our hope in, then we are in bondage. We are enslaved because guess what? I can tell you because I've had a bunch of jobs None of them are great. <laughs> I mean, you find the thing that God created you to do. That's the key, right? But none of the things in this world are going to inspire you and change you and give you freedom. Whether I'm an atheist or I'm a Christian, if I'm living according to my flesh and the world's standards, I'm committing idolatry. That's adultery also. Just like a prisoner on death row who's just waiting for the day they're executed. Many people are walking through life like that. Like, you know what? I'm just going just gonna to grit my teeth and bear it. I'm just going to try and make things better. I'm just going to try and get, get to a better place in my life. Jesus came to break us of that, to break the chains of that. We've all been there. And listen, Christian, we all go there. There are seasons of life where we're drawn to that, to that prison once again, to find our hope and our peace in that. And I'm sure all of us could get up and testify about seasons where we've gone through that and God has had to grab a hold of us and say, no, 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 it's me. It's me. I freed you from that. I will walk you through this. I will give you peace in the midst of this storm. Many of us are stuck, though. You may feel trapped today. You may feel stuck, not sure where you're going not sure what life is all about, not sure what your future holds, trying to pay your bills, trying to get ahead. Spiritually, you're confused or you're, you're dry. Don't feel like God can hear you or is listening to you. And many people would say, well, you know, that's par for the course. That's the way life is. Life is tough. And, and they would tell you that anybody who tells you it doesn't have to be that way is living in a fantasy land, right? That's just life. That's the way it is. Well, it is true that life is difficult. It is true that we all go through storms and difficulty, but it's not true that we have to be in chains and imprisoned by that, right? 
What are, what are our chains based on? I mean, basically, it's fear, right? Afraid. I mean, think about it. Think about the things that, I mean, we all have them in our mind, those things that ensnare us and, and trap us at times. And fear is probably at the core of that. Jesus has come to free us from that fear. So that's, that's a bummer because we are all enslaved without Christ, without our eyes fixed on Him. So that's one part of faith, understanding where I'm at. But the, the other part is trusting in the precious treasure, seeing the precious treasure that freedom is. He said in verse 1, Christ has set us free. Listen, this freedom, this salvation is everything. Remember Jesus told the story, um, the parable, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid, and for the joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And then he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking, a, seeking beautiful pearls who had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Listen, this freedom is precious. It's a treasure. Listen, I just got off the subway coming up here, and I know people do a lot of different things to, to not catch somebody's eye, but it is depressing on the subway. I mean, looking at everybody just kind of like, <laughs> it's just like, where are we going? You know? Of course, I'm, I don't want to... I don't want people to think I'm crazy, so I'm not like, hey, <laughs> I'm kind of doing the same thing. But this, this life is difficult, and we are in chains as long as we are just pursuing the things of the world. And, and Paul is telling these Christians, these so-called Christians, you're living that way again. Whether it's with religion, you might say, well, Christian, you might say, well, I don't want any more church. I'm not trying to be more religious. No, it, it's anything that we are pursuing to find freedom in, to find peace in. It's that next great thing that we're hoping for in our lives. Now listen, there are seasons of life, there are difficulty, and there's nothing wrong with, with um, praying and seeking God's will for our future and for relationships and all those things, but it's first and foremost finding our joy and our hope in Him. John 10.10 10. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus says, I come to free you from all these things that are binding you. All these things that the world is pursuing and trying to find happiness in. It's all lies. He says, I've come to free you from that. To live life to the fullest of what you were created to live. And what does it mean to live in freedom? It means, number one, I'm not bound by anybody's opinion of me. When I come to Christ, when I receive the gift of salvation, the gift of freedom, I no longer need to pursue others' approval of me because I am approved by God. I have been bought and purchased by Christ. Galatians, a couple chapters ago in 3, said, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. I've been purchased. I've been included in the family. I am a child of faith. I'm not bound by the confusion of finding my identity in this world. Or, or in the things of this world. Chapter 4 of Galatians, verse 7, he said, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Listen, we talked about this last week. This is a powerful thing for me. I mean, I had a, I had a great dad and everything. But the thought and the picture of a wretch like me, someone as sinful as I am and have been, for the God of the universe, the holy God in his throne room, perfect in every way, to look at me and say, that's my son, and come after me with his 
son to die on the cross, to shed his blood for my sin, my rebellion, not my mistakes, my rebellion. Wow, that is a beautiful, precious gift. And I, you and I are called to accept that by faith, to put our faith in that. Because when we say, yeah, you know what? Thanks, God, but no thanks. We diminish that gift. We, we, we push it away and say, no, I'll do it on my own. That's offensive to God. And so I'm not bound by those things. I'm free in Christ and I'm not bound by the promises of the world. I'm not finding my identity in the things of the world. You know, today we look for our identity in all the wrong places. We try to define who we are by our sexuality, by our gender, by our political party, by our race. All of that is ultimately, can ultimately be destructive. It is destructive if it is not, if our identity is not in Christ first and foremost, because it divides us, it hurts us. Wars are caused by these things. And so the truth this morning is I'm either lost, I'm either a lost child alone going through this world trying to figure it out on my own, or I am found, I am a rescued child, secure and at peace with my Creator. The world can't offer me anything. It promises of satisfaction, of happiness. Just pursue this. Run after this. None of, none of that, no freedom can be found outside my creator. And I may think, well, I get, a, I get moments of pleasure. I get moments. There's always the morning. And there I am still trapped. There's always the other side of that. And I know that things are not right and I'm, constantly on this journey to try and figure out how to be free. Not only in this life, but in eternity. Promises are in Scripture that God has freed us from the fear and power of death. We don't have to fear death. Philippians 3.20 says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body. We can look at the grave and know that that is a door to paradise. Hebrews 2.15 says that Jesus came, came to deliver us from the fear of death. So we need, need not live in that fear. And many are living in that fear today or pushing it off or trying to mask the, the thought even of it. And Scripture tells us in 2 Thessalonians 1.9 that there will be an eternal price paid for rejecting the freedom that is in Christ Jesus. And we will be separated from the presence of the Lord and the, from the glory of His might forever and ever. And that is darkness. Listen, people tell me all the time, I can't believe that God would do something like that after, you know, when people die, you know, send them to hell or, to, or separate them from Himself or any of those things, any kind of punishment. Any kind. Listen, we can't reject God our whole lives. No thanks, no thanks, and expect Him to force you into that relationship. After you walk through death's door? No. We, he gives us. He gives us the ability to respond in faith. This morning, He's giving you. He's giving you that opportunity. God saw us in our bondage in this life and in the world to come. And He looks at these Christians and He says, Listen, you're trying too hard. You're, you're making this about human effort. In verse 4, He said, 
You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. See, when we try to add to it, when we try to find our peace and joy in life and purpose and meaning away from Jesus Christ, we alienate ourselves from hearing His voice. What He calls us to is faith. Faith that what God says about me is true. I am lost. I am in bondage. I see it. I know it. When I'm trusting in myself or the principles and priorities of the world, I am enslaved to it. To recognize that and put my faith in the precious gift that God has given, which is Christ who purchased my freedom on the cross. He said in verse 6, the only thing that counts is faith. Now, he finishes that sentence, but I want us to look at that right there. The only thing that counts is faith. So whatever you're looking for, the answer this morning is begins with faith. Faith in the grace of God and this precious treasure. So faith in this freedom, but also to be grounded in this freedom is to live in this freedom. He says there in verse 1, Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. This is intentional, active language here. Stand firm. Do not let yourself. There's an activity here. Now, this is not works theology. He's not saying, yeah, work hard and you'll be free. No. You don't have to fight to receive the freedom. It's faith. That's the point of this whole letter. But it is freedom in Christ, not freedom from Christ. It's not about saying a prayer and then living any way that I want. Jesus is at the center of this freedom. And so he's called me to invest in that foundation, to press into him. Because as long as I live in this fallen world, I'm attacked. You're attacked as soon as you walk out here. Probably right now, your thought life, you're being attacked right now. You're being distracted. And he's saying, press into me. Stand firm. Listen, all the headlines that you see in the newspaper... I know, there's no newspapers anymore. Online, the headlines about pastors falling ethically, morally, sexually, financially, all those things, that is a direct result of not standing firm in the freedom that I have in Jesus Christ and starting to to wander my eyes to other places for satisfaction. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to heaven. Good. You know, but you know what? I sure would like that. Or why can't I have that? Just getting our eyes off of Jesus. He's saying, stand firm. Do not let. Be intentional about getting the word of God in your life. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you go to? How about before you go to sleep at night? What's the first thing you go to? I know. Throughout the day, what are you thinking about? Where's Jesus part of that? Where is feeding on the word of God? Where's my prayer life at? You know, I'm I'm convicted all the time. There's so many things are constantly competing if we don't guard it. I know during football season, I'm live, breathe, eat, drink Miami Hurricanes. And it is depressing. But I'm I'm thinking about football all the time, right? I have to guard that because I've had to delete Bleacher Report from my phone and stop watching the games for a little while. I have to be careful of that because the things of this world... As soon as I get my eyes off of Jesus, they start to sparkle. They start to get my attention. Be like, you know what? Let me just get, let me just, uh, get this and I'll add this to Jesus. No, he's saying, keep your eyes fixed on me. 
And listen, it's easy to point our fingers at these pastors who fail and these people in public eye who, who struggle. But you and I struggle every day. There's a tug of war. That's what he's saying in here. It's this slavery tries to pull us into this bondage. I had a talk with a, with a buddy of mine yesterday, and he, was, he called me, and he was talking about some sin that he recognizes is in his life, and he didn't know what to do about it. And he's a believer. He's a Christian. I said, brother, 1 John 1, 9, if we'll confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The psalmist said that if we confess our sin, he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. He's been depressed because of this sin that he committed a couple weeks ago. And I said, listen, the word of God tells you, come, confess it, bring it, come boldly before the throne of grace, Hebrews chapter 4 says. Do you know the word of God? Do you know the promises of God? Claim them, read them, press into it. He's called you to live in freedom. What Satan and my flesh would love nothing more to do is I fall, I sin, and then he pushes me off in the corner and says, now live with that. If they knew who you really, really were, if they knew the thoughts that were, when he said that thing about thinking in church this morning, if he knew what you were really thinking about, you're useless. Stay over here. Jesus says, come, cast all your cares. He's called us to live in freedom. And we're already forgiven under the blood of Christ. We don't have to reapply it every day, but we must walk in it. Not to be forgiven, but to, to live that freedom. Paul would tell us this morning, why are you letting yourself be yoked again to the sin, to these other things of life? The world promises and promises and promises. The world is loud as well, and it will continue to be loud, calling for you and calling for me to trust, to get our eyes off Christ. So fix your eyes on Christ this morning and resist temptation. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Listen, press into Jesus this morning. Press into Him in worship. Press into His Word to learn about Him. There's so much to learn about Christ. There's so much to learn about God, about your faith, about who He is, about His, His desires. Knowing Him, put that at the center of your life and stand firm in that. Hebrews 2.18, For in that He Himself has suffered, speaking of Jesus, being tempted, speaking of Jesus, he is able. Here you go. This is one of those promises that I put in my pocket and I say, okay. He is able to aid those who are tempted. God, help me. Sometimes you just have to pray. God, in Hebrews chapter 2, you said this. I need help. So stand firm in that freedom. Put, put your faith in that freedom. Stand firm in it. And finally, walk in that freedom. Walk in this freedom. In verse 6, he says a powerful thing there. He's talking about all these other things. He says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. What does your love life look like? No, not what I mean. I mean the way that you live your life. And it, actually, I do mean that. In every way in your life, how are you loving others? How are you living and walking in love? Not for just those that agree with you, but everyone. Faith in this freedom and grounded in it are the inward aspects, right, of spirituality. But 
It is walking outwardly. It is demonstrating it. This faith demonstrates itself. Why is Paul saying this to these Christians in Galatia? Well, there must be something out of place here. If you look at some of these words, like in verse 15, he says, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. He calls them these, these legalists agitators. There's some agitating going on. He uses the analogy, a little yeast working through the whole batch of dough. Obviously, there's something going on in this, in this community of believers, and Paul knows that that fruit is the flesh. It's not freedom. It's not the fruit of the Spirit. It is the fruit of the flesh. And he's calling those who would say, as they're reading this letter aloud, see, I told you. I told you it wasn't about circumcision. They agree with Paul, but they're doing it in an ungodly, unloving way. He's saying, listen, I'm not writing this so that you have these big fights and some of you are self-righteous. Walk in love even as you address this. It's funny, when I served uh, my last church before moving to New York City, it was a pretty large church and I was on staff as worship pastor and we had our head pastor as well. We used to have a little joke because every now and then, believe it or not, there's people on Sunday mornings who want to corner the pastor and talk about something specific, either gossip or they want to complain about something. And Sunday morning is the best time to do that, they feel like. It's not encouraging. It's nothing. It's so... And we said, you know what? We need to have a church jail. <laughs> and it's just for Sunday morning. It's like we pick a room. Like we'll use the uh, dining room back there, right? And if you see me in the corner as the pastor's talking to somebody, if you see me give the signal like this, <laughs> that means I need a deacon or an elder to come up behind this person and just kind of put their arm behind their back, you know, gently lead them away into jail. I can already think of three or four people that would be there every week. Not here. We don't have that issue. But if you feel somebody grab you by the back, you know, <laughs> don't cause a problem, all right? No, I'm just kidding. But the thing is, there are those, we are, we are like that in church. We can walk in self-righteousness. We can walk in um, gossip and divi divisive, dividing <laughs> in ways that divide, yeah, in division, uh, divisiveness. <laughs> going to get it. But you know what I'm saying? This is not just a lost world out there. It's all of us. We have to, to guard against that. And he's saying, listen, to live this freedom out, it looks like love. If you're going to default on something, if you're going to err on something, err on the love side. Listen, my life has not always reflected love. And those of you who know me real well say it still doesn't always do that. But I remember a time in my life where I was not living the way that I should live. I was born into a Christian home. I grew up, I said a prayer when I was seven years old, thought I had it. I knew all the Bible verses, all the little felt stories that they would do in Sunday school, all this thing. I had it all down. And I was probably 22, 23, and I was a jerk. And I used to stand around at these parties in different places I shouldn't be, and I was doing things I shouldn't have been, and I'd be there having these arguments with people, and I'd be in their face talking about Jesus. You don't know nothing about Jesus. He loves me. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I said or the language I used. It doesn't matter. He loves me. You're, you're lost. I had a really good friend who was Jewish, and I was in his face one time at a party. And I was ready to go. And I told him, we'll go right now. Talking about Jesus. I mean, there were people there, I'm sure, looking at me going, that guy is in some serious bondage to something. He's enslaved. Paul tells us it's faith demonstrated in love. And now, 
a lot of us would say, I'm, I'm pretty loving. I'm a nice person. I'm not like that. Wow, you're, you're out of control. <laughs> but the thing is, let me, let me give you a wake-up call this morning. Most of us, we love who agrees with us, who makes us comfortable, who loves us back, looks the way we do maybe sometimes, or agrees with us and different things. Listen, the supernatural love of Jesus moves beyond all those things. It's not based on anything except that we are the children of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And he wants to work that supernatural love through us. Listen, I spend plenty of time praying. I know people are difficult. I spend plenty of time praying, God, you're going to have to love this person through me. You're going to have to do this because for me, it's, you know, and I'm sure there are people praying that about me. But our faith is not just a theological or a doctrinal issue. It is lived out in our everyday lives. We can look at our lives and see where our faith is by the way that we love. In the second half of this chapter, we're going to talk about it next week. He talks about the fruit of the Spirit. What a beautiful passage of Scripture. He says, listen, you want to check yourself? Check yourself on this. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You don't have that, you don't have the Spirit. Or you're quenching the Spirit. You are pushing the Spirit aside so that you can walk in the slavery of your own flesh. Defend yourself. Fight for your own rights. Make your points. He says love. Speak the truth in love. But it's about love. He said there in verse 13 of this passage, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I went for a walk Friday with a good friend of mine. He's not a believer. We haven't walked in a long time. Walked around in Central Park. He said, Steve, I have one, one thing about the, you know, the Christian faith that kind of grates me a little. It's like, is that you say that you just believe in Jesus. You just confess your sins, whatever, trust him. And then that's it. You're done. And then you, you can live any way that you want. And I said, well, my, oh, I almost said his name. I said, listen, you may have experienced that, but that's not what the gospel is. That's not what freedom is. Freedom is faith expressed in love. That's how we live our lives because I'm no longer holding on to my life. I'm, I'm no longer defending my life. I'm, I'm no longer trying to make my points. I'm walking in the love and confidence I have in the freedom in Jesus. Listen, here's the bottom line. We are free to love now. Without Jesus, we don't know how to love. Before, before you met Jesus, before I met Jesus, I tried to love in all the wrong ways. I tried to love in ways that's that were selfish, right? What, what are you doing for me? Or I was trying to, trying to, to manipulate and, and figure it out on my own, and I didn't even know how to love or let myself be loved. Listen, in Jesus, you're free to love. You've been given unending, unlimited love from your Creator through Christ. You no longer have to be captive. Therefore, walk in the Spirit. The spirit that's been given to us in Christ Jesus is the spirit who moves in love. And listen, I can't just command myself to love. All right, love more. No, we have to press into Jesus, that foundation, that, that plugging into Christ, right? That taking a stand, not allowing, that means we push into Jesus. 
And we, we pray like John the Baptist pray, pray, prayed, more of you, less of me. I'm constantly praying that, God, I need more of you and less of me. So this morning, let me challenge you as we close to take an inventory. As, as Paul was challenging these believers, how are you loving? Are you concerned more about yourself, your plans, your personal growth, your struggles? Or are you seeking out ways to love others better? Because when we're simply serving ourselves, listen, then we just love those that make us feel like we want to feel. And that is bondage. And that turns into a cycle of hurting ourselves, hurting others, manipulating others, and missing out on this freedom that we were given, that Christ has freed us for. Our ability to love is, a, is an indication of our faith. So, closing. I know I say that, but nobody knows what it means. <laughs> Psalm 118.5 says this. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. That's a promise for you this morning. Wherever you're at, call on the Lord. He will set you free. No matter what darkness you're in, no matter what struggle you're in, take God up on his promises. Jesus has paid the price so that his promises are true for you. Have you called on him? Jesus said, he who the Son sets free himself is free indeed. See, there are two kinds of people walking around in this world. Those who are living in bondage and those who are free. You'll never live the life, experience the joy and freedom that God's created you for until you put your faith in something bigger, more powerful, more loving than yourself. And that something is the gospel and that person is Jesus Christ. And Christian, you'll never know the joy and abundance, life to the full and the freedom that you have claimed to put your faith in as long as you leave it on the shelf. As long as you continue to be possessed and controlled by fear, self-centeredness, self-righteousness, that is nothing but chains. Listen, let me encourage you, look for Jesus today. Listen for Jesus today. Every morning, Stand firm. The winds of this world are blowing hard. Stand firm in the word of God, in times of prayer, in times of worship. Be relentless in your pursuit of Jesus. Remember what Jeremiah said? If you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with your whole heart. Seek him with your whole, whole heart. And then in earnest, concluding with this passage of scripture, and then I'll pray. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says... Let us throw everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the freedom we have in Jesus. Thank you, God, that there was a time in my life where I didn't know how to love or to be loved. And now I'm walking every day in unending, unlimited love. The unlimited love of my Father, my Creator, my Savior, the one who knows me better than anyone knows me, better than I know myself, knows my flaws, knows my struggles, and yet loves me still. 
And Lord, your desire is that I would grow in that freedom, that I would find my joy in the freedom that is Jesus, that I would, uh, each one of us, Lord, would press into you every day, that we would make you the center of our universe, God, so that everything else reflects Christ in us. And ultimately, that our lives would reflect Christ in the way that we love one another and love our neighbors. God, thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen.